Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I want to start off today's episode with a disclaimer. The experience you're about to hear is extremely disturbing. This episode deals with mature subject matter and themes pertaining to racism and sexual violence. These themes may be disturbing to some listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. You're about to hear the story of Chris and Vicky, a couple who, in 2015, purchased a dream home in the southern part of the United States. It's a land steeped with history, with dark secrets many have tried to keep hidden. I don't think it really sunk into me until after everything happened. It's mind-chilling that horrible things can happen to people. I'm Chris, and a ghost ruined my life. Moving into a new home was a dream come true for Chris and Vicky, until it became a nightmare. But before things took a dark turn, they were on cloud nine. Chris and I lived in the same apartment complex, and we met because of her dog, Cletus. We had a great relationship. It was funny, we laughed all the time. We're best friends and inseparable. I wanted to be everywhere she was and vice versa. When we were searching for a house, we drove out to an area that we don't usually hang out in or go to. I thought it was weird. I didn't even know there were really homes out there. This piece of land is an island. You know, there's only one way on and one way off. And it was a half acre of land, just about. And, you know, there was enough land to have little parties on and and everything like that. The house was about, what, 12, 1,300 square foot, you know, so uh, three bedroom, two bath. I mean, and we would love to, uh, you know, invite people over, and we did for a certain amount of time. 
It had a little storage building and a fenced-in little backyard for our dogs. It looked like it was going to be a nice little house for us. The house is visually striking. Done in a Queen Anne style, it features a wraparound porch and a towering spire. I mean, it just looks like a haunted house. This land had a lot of history. It had a a historical marker in the front. The house and the land were once owned by J.R. Abernathy, one of the founding fathers of the rural community. He is a celebrated figure in the area. There are roads, buildings, and landmarks named after him, including the school where Chris works. Something drew me to the house. And I don't know what it was. I just felt compelled to, you know, to purchase it. I was really thrilled that our son, Granger, was going to live in this house. We had all of these plans for how we were going to make it a place where he could have happy childhood memories. When we first looked at the house, there was a lot of crosses and Bibles. There was a lock on one of the guest doors, and the owner refused to open it. We've asked her several times. She refused. At first, I didn't think it was a big deal. I just thought it was maybe their old people quirks, you know. At the time of closing, I was compelled to ask, um, did anyone die in the house? When I said that, the lady's husband, who looked like he was in his late stages of Parkinson's, could not speak. His eyes got really big. It seemed like he was trying to say something, and she nudged him to tell him to be quiet. Right there, I should have just known that that was just a sign that (laughs) maybe I shouldn't have bought the house. But at the same time, I got the house $20,000 below the value. So obviously they must have known something was going on for them to want to get rid of that house so, so quickly. But Chris is eager to give the house the benefit of the doubt and looks past the strange reactions of the former owners. After all, it's an exciting time for her family. The house seems like a definite upgrade from their old apartment complex, and it doesn't take long for her son, Granger, to begin exploring his new home. There's a swing! Stay away from that pond, Junebug. Not unless me or Mama Vicky are there. Here we go. You ready? Yes, I am. We thought great things were going to come with this purchase. But inside the house, there are telltale signs that something is wrong, and they're becoming harder and harder to ignore. They left the padlock on the door. So weird. I'll take care of it. And the cross is too. That room with the lock on the door before we moved in, I noticed that that room was kind of eerie. While Chris is immediately on edge in the room, her son has the opposite reaction. Granger is strangely drawn to it, as if something inside is calling to him. What are you doing in here? This is my room. You want this one? It's too small for a bedroom. I was really thrilled to live in this house and and, and share moments and memories But little did I know, those memories weren't going to be the best. You like your new room? Mm-hmm. You're tired, aren't you? No. Night-night, Junebug.
Granger? Is that you? I literally heard the door open and shut. And I heard jingling of like keys or change in a pocket. And I can hear it. And as I'm hearing it, I can not see it, but I'm following the sound with my eyes. And it sounds like someone with heavy boots walking on a hard, old hardwood floor. And there's no way at that time because we had carpet. As Chris listens to the sound, she notices it seems to be moving slowly across the house. She follows the sound upstairs to her son's room, which is inexplicably locked from the inside. Ranger, open up. Stop fooling around. Ranger, honey? When she finally pushes the doors open, she's met with something truly surreal. I saw that his hand was in the air while he was asleep. It looked like somebody was holding his hand. I mean, it was kind of odd. I can't imagine anyone being asleep holding their hand in midair, especially for a long period of time, because, I mean, it was a good minute or two. I mean, by that time, your hand's going to get heavy, your arm is going to get heavy, you know, and I just can't see someone doing that while they're dead asleep. After that, Chris begins to notice more and more peculiarities in her new home. At first, her mysterious encounters are more abstract. She begins seeing things out of the corner of her eye and feels like she's being watched. She's followed by a sense of unease and eeriness, but she can't quite pull the cause into focus. I was sound asleep. A very bright ball of light came through the French doors in our bedroom and it started to manifest kind of like a ping pong ball. It started gyrating and then it just dispersed and it lit up the room The room got pitch black. It lit up the room again. The room got pitch black once more, and then it just dissipated and the rest of it went through the wall to the outside. It was so intense that it was making me sick in my stomach. And then it all becomes glaringly obvious. One night while alone in her house, Chris catches a glimpse of what has been watching her. There was a man with a long beard, looked like he was in Confederate clothes, like in dark pants, and he just walked straight through the door. And he looked straight at me, and then he turned, walked into the hallway, and then he just vanished. Despite this horrifying image, Chris tries her hardest to ignore it. She tells herself it was just her mind playing tricks on her, and it's totally understandable. Sometimes, unexplained encounters are so horrifying, we have to ignore them because confronting them means confronting a terrifying reality. One day, I was in my office, and at the time, my office was in the dining room area, and on the other side was Granger's room. And as I was working, doing some photography, um, color correcting, I heard my son having a conversation, saying, no, I can't do that. I'll get in trouble. And then I heard a voice of a little girl answer back to him. I couldn't understand what she said, but I did know that we were the only two in the house. I'm like, who are you talking to? Nothing. I'm like, who are you talking to? Nothing. 
He would just repeat that. He wouldn't tell me that he was talking to something that, you know, that wasn't there. Who was that? Where did she go? She was right here. I thought I saw a little girl. I was trying to figure out who is this. To hear Chris talk about this moment, you can just tell it was a major catalyst for her. It's no longer a matter of seeing things out of the corner of her eye. There is an undeniable presence in her home, and it's trying to latch onto her son. Something wasn't good. I can feel that there was something there. There are some things that it's very hard to fathom. I just notice, like, when I do walk into that home or on that land, something drains me, like, completely. At this point, Chris is convinced something sinister is stalking their house. She's desperate to escape the torment and find help, but she's up against a major challenge. She must convince her wife that what she's dealing with is real, but Vicky remains skeptical. I didn't really believe her much because I'm just like, oh, you're overthinking things. That was imaginary. It's not that big of a deal. I was a little concerned. I don't think it really sunk into me until after everything happened. Because I think, too, I was kind of like in a trance. I think um, because I wasn't scared of what it was, but then, you know, I learned to be scared of it. I hear footsteps, and I was in the house by myself. And I happened to look down at the threshold, and I can see a shadow of boots walking, and I can feel the floor flexing. And I just felt this anxiety come on. And I felt like there was something on top of my shoulders. And it wasn't heavy, but I can feel that there was something there. I told it to get off. It would not get off. I, you know, I said in the name of Jesus Christ, I even cussed at it. Vicky came in the house and she saw that there was something wrong with me. She knew something wasn't right. She immediately went into the kitchen, got olive oil, and she put the sign of the cross on my forehead. I I can't explain it, you know? But I just felt like everything was released off me when she put the oil on me. And then that's when things started to get crazy. I just kind of felt that there was something, you know, that was kind of like interfering in our moods that night. At this point, the haunting seems inescapable. It seems no matter where she goes on her new property, Chris is followed by a sinister presence. I was coming home from work, and I see this guy with a farmer's hat on peeking around the house, and then he just vanished just like that. Hey, you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I just got startled by something. As if some kind of portal has been opened, mysterious people arrive to the property only to disappear. Most upsetting to Chris is a young woman who continues to appear on the porch. The woman is unable to communicate with Chris, but she seems scared. It's as if she's trying to tell her something or even warn her about something. I happened to look through the window and there's this woman, it looked like a slave woman sitting in a tree which she seems like was holding something like a child or a baby. Who are you? 
And then when I blinked and looked at it again, it was completely gone. That's when I started hearing the name JR, JR, over and over, over my head. Chris doesn't understand how all these visions are connected or why she can't stop hearing the name of the home's former owner. But she's about to learn, and the truths that will be revealed are not for the faint of heart. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Plagued by unwanted visions and the constant sense of unease, Chris begins to look into the history of the house, especially the former owner, J.R. Abernathy, whose name Chris can't seem to get out of her head. We need to realize that there's a lot of things we don't know about the past, you know, that history has not been documented. I started to do research, and I really looked into the land and the people who lived on the land to try to figure out what was going on. And that's when Chris learned the truth about the historical figure who once owned her home. To the town, he was a celebrated hero. But as Chris was about to find out, his past was much more sinister than the town would like visitors to believe. He was actually a key figure in America's darkest chapter. He had slaves. And unfortunately, it didn't end there. As if being a slaveholder wasn't enough, he was a cruel and diabolical master. 
A lot of bad things happened here. A lot of deaths. Slaves were being raped. And the person who was raping them was JR. And they bore him children, and he drowned each and every one of them. In the water around the property, the house was haunted, the land was haunted. I can't imagine being in Chris's position, and I don't envy her. She's surrounded by such a sad, horrific history. That such horrors even occurred really blows my mind, but it makes sense that the spirits are still there. No one should have to endure what they did, and the spirits have no doubt been tormented for a long time. Unable to bear the weight of her discovery, Chris shares her findings with her wife, Vicky. Chris started telling me things. If you look at what the city writes about him, he's a very upstanding guy in the community and does great things for people. However, if you go to the library and you start looking in archives, that's not quite as nice as he was publicly. Any kind of racism is really sick, but raping, murdering, slaves, that it was a lot to take in. And, you know, I'm from the town that we live in. And so to me, it's always been sunshine and rainbows and that kind of stuff didn't happen in my town, but it did. It did happen. Chris, it's history, okay? We're here now. He's gone. They're all gone. I don't think they are. What? In the barn, I saw a woman. You saw a picture? No, I, I saw her. And Granger, too. He's seen someone, a little girl, and I saw him, Abernathy. I, I don't understand. I'm scared. Can't be telling Granger any of this. You'll give him nightmares for weeks, okay? This little girl was murdered by Abernathy. What if he doesn't stop? stop? Enough! You were gonna terrify that poor kid for years if you tell him any of that. Now, I'm dead serious. Vicky didn't believe me at first. I'm the one who basically sees things and since things, she's the last one to know about anything because she really hasn't sensed anything. So when I did tell her, I think she kind of blew it off. Because Chris is always the opposite of me. She's very spiritual, so everything's, maybe it was this, you know, where I'm more like, maybe it wasn't. If you can see it, why don't I see it? If you can feel it, why don't I feel it? You know? Chris begins to suspect that the spirits have chosen her for a reason. Learning their past has helped her gain sympathy for the spirits of JR's victims. These spirits, they communicate. The adult woman ghost, who I assume is the ghost girl's mother, I can sense her. Sometimes I feel like I can hear her say things. I believe that the ghost girl and the mother are attached to me, but also to, I still believe that they're attached to the land. But I feel like they will probably leave me once their story is to be told. Sensing that the spirits want justice for the horrible crimes committed against them, Chris is determined to help them. 
Whether or not her small town is ready to hear it, Chris has resolved to reveal the truth about J.R. Abernathy. But J.R. isn't about to let that happen. J.R. doesn't want anything to be brought out in the open. He doesn't want his secret to be let out, so he's messing with me right now. As J.R. latches onto Chris, his reign of terror mounts. Chris is forced to make a difficult decision. I felt scared because I was around children. I was around students. And so that made me concerned because if JR is attached to me, what is he gonna do to these students? I left my job. But it's clear JR is still not through with her. Even now, you're about to hear the real impact a haunting like this can have on a person. I'm sorry, he's just kind of like, uh, he's getting to me right now. JR is, he's just trying to get into my thoughts, make me not focus on what I'm trying to say. He was like, you stop now, now. You need to stop. He's trying not to let me speak about what's going on or what happened. The effects of this paranormal experience are hard to ignore when you sit down with Chris. She's clearly still going through something beyond most people's comprehension. I mean, just learning about the dark history of your home like this would be enough to scare anyone. But the fact she's also being stalked by these tortured souls and their malevolent master, it's unimaginable. So, it's not surprising that the situation begins to take its toll on her relationship with Vicky. It was a pretty good marriage. It just, you know, kind of went downhill when we moved into the Blue House. All the paranormal activity that was happening at the house, it put a wedge in between Vicky and I. That is, until Vicky experiences some of Chris's pain for herself. One day, I was sitting on the couch in the living room, and the living room had these big bay windows. And I remember I was just laying there, and I. I just glanced out and I'm looking into the tree and I see what looks like a dark woman and she's either standing facing me but I couldn't see her face I could just see like the bottom half of her dress from like chest level down and so she was either facing me holding something in her hand like flowers maybe or a stuffed animal or a doll or it was the back of her dress and I could see like a big bow I couldn't tell if it was arms or a big bow, but I'm thinking it was probably arms and just in the tree. And then I was I was looking and and I, I kept turning my head different directions. And I'm like, no, it's still there. Cause I thought maybe it had something to do with the screen on the window or, or whatever. And then it just disappeared. While I was looking at it, it just disappeared. I just want my eyes to be playing tricks on me. I don't want it to be anything else. If I believed what I saw was real, then I had to believe everything that Chris had told me was going on. That's how I felt, and then then it became like a big deal. I think when she saw that, everything kind of started going together of her believing me. I absolutely believe that the entities that lived in that house were feeding off of our emotions, off of our fear, off of our depression. They were causing us anxiety. Finally, Vicky understands what Chris has been going through and believes her. Feeling relieved and vindicated, Chris is ready to fight with Vicky in her corner. But the forces are too big and sinister to deal with alone. 
So the couple turns to a spiritual guide for help. We decided to bring a medium into our house to find out if we could make them stop or get rid of them. There is blood in this house. Pain. So much suffering. Drowning out the voices who once lived here. Innocent spirits. Children. Angelitos y angelitas. They are crying. They want to be heard. There is another voice. Angry. So angry. A man. He wants the other spirits silenced. He wants you silenced. With the help of the spiritual guide, Chris finally understands why she is being targeted by the spirit of JR. I am biracial. I am half black and half white because he feels that I am one of his offsprings that he forgot to murder or he thought he murdered me and I came back. No, please, pray with me. Let us guide them home. Dios te salve, María, llena eres de gracia, el Señor es contigo. Bendita tú eres entre todas las mujeres y bendito es el fruto de tu vientre, Jesús. Santa María, Madre de Dios, ruega por nosotros pecadores, ahora, en la hora, they were provoking the spirit, the medium, and obviously JR didn't like that. So JR decided to make himself present. The room got really heavy. That's when I started hearing the name JR, JR, over and over and over in my head. And then minutes after that, then we saw the door bevel, <laughs> this door bevel coming through. And that was the most weirdest thing I've ever seen. It was like an animated thing. It was like coming out. It's just all manifested into kind of like a negative energy. When she said that there was a lot of death there, she was not lying. The hopes for a medium to come to my house was to try to figure out what was going on. What can I do to help? You know, to have them go to the light, you know, for our family to have peace, for everyone to have peace. After the medium left, it got calm for a couple of weeks, but then it got worse. JR decides to send a deadly message to Chris and Vicky and hit them right where they are most vulnerable. Their son, Granger. I want to say a week later, that's when I noticed when I would make his bed that I noticed that there was knives in his bed. Where did you get this? And so I asked him about the knives. He really wouldn't tell me anything about them. Get what? This, the knife. And I said, you can't have these knives. These are dangerous, you know? Did you go on my toolkit? There's a knife there? Cool. 
At that time, we weren't used to having little babies anymore. So, you know, we didn't have like the little locks or anything like that. But we made sure after that, that the knives were put up. Well, not too long after that, I went to go make his bed, let's say a couple of days later. And then I noticed that there was these shiny things in his bed and they were jigsaw blades. I swear to me you didn't get this from my toolkit. I swear. Jigsaw blades that I didn't even know I had. And they were very, very sharp and he had about 10 of them in his bed and I asked him where did he get these, you know? And he said the little girl told me like where they are. And I don't know how he did it or how he got it or how it came to be, but these blades were in a compartment and it was all the way in the back of our, of our storage, you know, that's detached from the house. Like, in order for me to get it, I'm gonna have to pull everything out. And it's gonna take me about 35 minutes to do that. So how did he get it? I was concerned for my son. You need to take Granger out of the house right now. Go for a drive or something. What, what are you? Vic, he's in the house, please, go. I'm not leaving you here alone. Come with us. I'm not afraid of him. I just don't want Granger in the house right now. JR did not like the fact that we knew about his secret. Chris's motherly instincts kick in right away. She realizes that if JR can't get to her, he'll get to the most important thing in her life, her child. It's no doubt that when Chris realizes this, she's thinking about all the other children that were murdered on the property drowned in the pond where Granger loves to play. To protect her family, Chris decides she must confront the spirit on her own and drive it from her house and off the land. I had to remain calm because if I gave him fear, I knew that he was gonna do something, that that would give him more power. And I couldn't let him do that. This was my house, and no one's gonna kick me out of my house. I don't care how much you try to scare me, it's not gonna happen. This is our home. Your home is on the other side, in the afterlife. But it's not that simple. JR is fueled by an undying evil, and he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Right before her eyes, Abernathy manifests and starts to fight back. I've never experienced this before. It felt like, all my energy got sucked out of me and I hit the floor on my knees. All I knew was to think now, and that now was to get off me. I can't say that I felt scared. I felt angry that it was on me and I felt that it needed to leave and go away, which I knew that wasn't gonna happen. Then I remember laying on the floor, you know, like I passed out or something. And obviously I was laying there for quite some time. And I mean, it had to have been like a few hours. Oh my God, Chris, are you okay? What happened? He thought that he had killed Chris. It was pretty scary because at, at this point it's becoming something sinister, something dark not just something playing around and moving things and flipping light switches and locking doors. It's contemplating life and death, you know? Does it have enough power to kill someone? I just couldn't be there anymore, and I had to get out of the house. 
and I won't just be away from it. Being the victim of something so terrible and physically violent is the final straw for Vicky and Chris. It's hard to blame them. I mean, like Vicky said, the spirit wasn't just slamming doors or breaking glasses. It was actually trying to hurt them, or worse. Chris and Vicky decide they are no match for the angry spirit, but they can't shake the victims of J.R. Abernathy out of their head. The pair remain dedicated to exposing the truth about the unjustly canonized figure in their town, hoping it will bring some justice to his victims. Voices still need to be heard. Everyone has to find peace. And if I can give that to those souls, then so be it. Okay, Junebug, time to go. We did eventually just let go of the house. And it was very hard because we had plans. We had hopes, you know? We talked about how we wanted to change it and make it better and live there for a long time. What are you looking at? Nothing, sweetheart. Let's go. I've had hopes for this house and our dreams. And it it didn't end that way. It is surreal. It is surreal to know this energy exists around me. I try to live a normal life as possible. I I don't think he can touch me really anymore because I'm not on that property, I'm not on that land, but he's still with me and he keeps an eye on me. It's incredible to me that a man as deeply evil as JR can continue to cause suffering from beyond the grave. I have deep admiration for Chris and Vicky for not only surviving such a horrific paranormal event, but for giving a voice to JR's victims. To see more terrifying true stories, visit TravelChannel.com and check out my TV series, Eli Roth Presents A Ghost Ruined My Life. A Ghost Ruined My Life with Eli Roth is produced by Cream for Travel. Travel's executive producers are Cameron Curtis and Allie Reed. Cream Productions' executive producers are Eli Roth, Johnny Kalangas, Kate Harrison, and David Brady. Thank you for listening and see you on the other side.